Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to another exciting edition of Plank of the Week, the most successful television show in the history of talk radio because, of course, uh, it's the only television show we do here at Talk Radio. But it is very successful. People look forward to it. And I'm delighted to say uh, that Patrick Christie's is back with us, uh, man about town, broadcaster, journalist, uh, soon to be uh, legal eagle, I hear, as well. Oh, yes. Uh, But we'll come up uh, with that later on. Madeline Grant is here as well, of course, uh, also columnist at the Sunday Telegraph. Welcome. I guess we better get to it. Patrick, uh, what's your first nomination? So my first nomination is a lady by the name of Natasha Bouchard, who is the Calais mayor in France. Now, Natasha Bouchard presumably comes from quite a a, a long line of of garlic-wearing, chateau-dwelling, cheese-crunching surrender merchants. However, despite that, she has decided that uh, she wants to declare maritime war against the Brits (laughs) for us uh, sending our navy into the Channel. I thought they'd already done that by sending all these dinghies over, to be honest. Well, this is it. Well, so, 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 you know, I hope she's... reconnaissance. Yeah, but I hope she's got a giant maritime crane, actually, because she's going to need to winch most of the French navy off the bottom of the sea after we have to sink them all, (laughs) given their (laughs) inglorious retreats from the Nazis. So, um, well, hang but, yeah. on, aren't we supposed to be in some kind of joint um, Air Force Navy with them now because none of us have got enough money to actually have our own? Well, probably, yes. But, uh, but I like the fact that, that, that if we went to maritime war with the French, they currently can't stop, the entire might of the French Navy can't stop a few dinghies from crossing the Channel. So presumably if we just sailed at them with force, yeah. they'd guide us ashore, move us on into Spain mm. and tell the Spanish that we're their problem now. Yes, yeah. I guess that's what they would do. But, I mean, you know, I suppose the mayor of Calais has got pretty good reason not to like the Brits yes. because, you know, the people of Calais have been subjected for years uh, to people coming over on the cheap <laughs> to just buy a load of wine and pate at the local car for, get back on the ferry and, and bugger off home. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, I mean, to be honest with you, it comes on top of this for me, which is, you know, Britain, they're doing a very good job now portraying Britain as this, as this really racist nation. Now, I disagree with that fundamentally on account of the fact that we're just not. Um, yeah, and also a- because of the fact that all these people that want to come here. Well, yeah, that's it. But also the fact is that, that I would argue that actually it's the EU or, or the French who are indeed being uh, quite cavalier with the lives of a lot of these people. You're allowing them to pass through various countries, safe countries, and then get into quite unsafe dinghies and then sail across the channel, which is the busiest shipping lane in the world. Mm. I would argue that if you cared more about the lives of those migrants, you maybe would do more to accommodate them there as opposed to passing them over here. Although, of course, you do feel deeply sorry for anyone who is genuinely fleeing so, you know, terror. Well, you or do, absolutely. But it is a massive problem. And I mean, funnily enough, I, I, I was down in Sussex on the coast just last weekend and it was so still that you could have thought you were looking at the serpentine. I mean, literally, there was no waves at all. There was no wind. And it's no wonder that they come because actually in those conditions, it's probably not that dangerous. 
Well, I think this is part of it for me, which is, so we have a net migration of 270,000 every single year. Um, we also have about 150,000 annually of, of, you know, undocumented migrants, I suppose. Mm. So the idea now that we're being some kind of really un unholy nation by uh, maybe not being as welcoming as we, as, as we potentially could be to, to, to these people is, is just not true because we are, frankly, already accommodating them and everything. And again, I do feel really sorry for these people if they are genuinely fleeing something. But at the same time, there are legal channels to go through and stuff like that. So it is a, is a bit of a tightrope, really. To me, it's kind of a question of sort of head over heart battle. Because yeah. the heart says, this looks bad. Mm. We feel de desperately sad for yeah, the people who are in danger. And mostly, as you say, it's, it's, it's comparatively safer, I guess, to cross the channel. Mm. So mostly they do survive. But other, in the Mediterranean, it could be very dangerous and thousands of people die. Oh, for sure. So you feel for, terribly for them. But at the same time, the, I suppose that the kind of the, the worthy sort of left-wing approach is to say, well, we can just give everyone asylum. We can uh, take in everyone who, who makes it over here. And of course, that sets up terrible incentives. Mm. This is where the head has to come yeah. in here. The people who benefit from this are often people traffickers, because if it's very obvious that That's if people make it across the channel, that they will be given asylum yeah. and that they will find their way into this complete leviathan, com complicated system that we have that tends to tie itself up in knots over years during all of the time that these cases are going on, they are put up at taxpayer expense. They know that all of this is going to happen. Yeah. Obviously, that will incentivise more. And at the same time, it poisons public opinion against the whole thing of asylum. And it often means also that the people who are most in need, who tend to be poorer, less able to pay the people traffickers, then often... Uh, but they're all going to end up in some kind of horrible situation in this well, country. If they're women, they're probably going to end up in prostitution. If they're men, they'll probably they, end up they, in some slave trade or other. But they, they may not make it over across mm, at all, mm. because they're predominantly those who do cross the channel, tend to be young, yeah. healthy males. Mm, and true. often they are comparatively wealthier than the people who are not able to get that mm. far. So all of this, often it means that the attention is diverted um, and it goes away from helping people through the, the proper channels, the people who are the most mm. in need of asylum. Yeah, well, the people just don't like the way it looks. And, and it doesn't look like um, a lot of helpless people. It looks like a lot of people jumping on a sort of bandwagon and going, oh, well, who's next? I mean, it, it feels like there's some kind of conveyor belt going on where there's another yeah. dinghy leaving. Oh, you can get on the next one. Or, you know, there's a crowd of people and here. And then when they get there, there is a, there is a kind of, uh, there is a sort of legal conveyor belt of sorts. Yeah. There is a, an industry of human rights lawyers who, mm. who, uh, who make a lot of money out of pursuing these claims yeah. and trying to convince the government also paid for by the public person. Well, exactly, yeah. I, I actually did bother to go to some of the refugee camps on the Syrian and Iraqi borders, right? And I was speaking to a lot of people there mm. and some in Turkey as well. And they were saying, look, actually, we just we would like the mess in our own country to be sorted out so that we can return home. And that is really a policy that I think we should be helping to fund, or certainly through our, our yeah. very generous foreign aid. And that's as what a, we do. That's as what we, we have do. been doing. We're the, the second biggest a, donor in that region. Yeah. And we understood, even though we're accused of heartlessness for it, that, that it is better if people can stay closer to the countries that, they're, uh, that they, they come from originally, mm. so that when things finally pass, they will be able to go back and rebuild it. We, it's, not, it's not in anyone's interests for there to be a complete exodus of the youngest, fittest and most able to contribute. Exactly. Can no, I bring exactly right. Let's take your uh, first nomination, please. I think so. I think it's, it's, uh, it's been a bad week for the government in all sorts of ways. And there are lots of potential planks, but by far the most obvious, the most planky of the government planks this week. It's got to be Gav, hasn't it? It's got to be Gav. <laughs> Good old Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if I hear one more time, people say, well, of course, he's unsackable because he knows everybody's secrets because yeah. he used to work at the whip's office. I mean, surely that's a level of cobblers, isn't it? Well, I mean, he was even today, even today, after everything, after making this bad decision, the fact that they had 
did you know they cancelled the exams back in April? So they made that decision. It, I think to me that was at the height of the kind of headless. Which was the first mistake, really. The wasn't first it? mistake, yeah. and everything stemmed from that. It's yeah. quite clear that none of the alternatives to actual testing, actual learning in person, are any good. No. Online classes, no good. Uh, the, the algorithm, no good. Teachers' predictions, no good. Though I think an improvement. Yeah. Um, but you know they've been paying catch up ever since from that cowardly, lazy decision. Yeah. And it's not just them. It's because the I've often union. said as well. I mean, one of the easiest things to social distance is an exam hall. Exactly. You know, you're all sitting about two exactly. feet. Two feet it's always been to two, or two metres apart anyway, aren't you? But it was just, I think that decision came, I don't know, it's hard to remember. I've been keeping a diary of the pandemic, so I could kind of remember what we were talking about, what the public mood was like. <laughs> oh, that's bleak. It's pretty bleak, yeah. There's, there's some funny bits. But uh, there's, there were different phases. One of the phases was the full headless chicken phase at yeah. the beginning. When everyone was going mad, everyone was watching the Exotic Joe documentary, yeah, yeah. which kind of reflected our sense of general lunacy. Right. And I think that there, there were lots of, that was the time when there were mini culture wars about whether you were allowed to sunbathe in the park yes. that kind of thing and what uh, day you should do yeah. it on and I think at that time if, if some some official some mandarin comes and says let's just cancel the exams it'll be easier to do that you can totally imagine in that climate people just saying yeah obviously it's the right thing to do yes. and now we are paying for that decision these but were after- the days I seem to remember when uh, I signed up to all kinds of weird uh, wine delivery companies because <laughs> you couldn't get any wine I couldn't get into any of the supermarkets right because there were too many big yes. queues you couldn't get any home deliveries yeah. so I signed up with Naked Wines I signed up with some place in Bermondsey that charges about 30 quid a bottle and only delivers by, you know, 10, ten at a time. But yeah, you know, now I've got all these subscriptions to things <laughs> I've desperately tried to get out of, you know. Because I just oh go to Waitrose now. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then when, when everyone else is out clapping for the NHS keywords yeah. on a Thursday, you're like, majestic, yeah, wine, majestic. No, I, basically, I couldn't, my two hands couldn't me, me, reach each other by seven <laughs> o'clock at night. I just kept missing myself. You know, I've been drinking since about 7 a.m. But you know. know what really got well, I've got a radio show today. I don't know. What day is it? <laughs> this was at the weekends, I wanted to know. Anyway, I sorry. Mean, to go back to Gab, the thing that really got me after after all of these, these catastrophic decisions, the fact that they could have, they could have announced the change to predictive grades a week ago they would have spared kids this absolute hellish week that they've had yeah. not to mention the logistical nightmare for universities who are now dealing with the, the people who've now been bumped up who want to retake their old places but they've since been allocated it was the fact that Gavin Williamson is still doing his stupid I'm the chief whip macho yes. posturing mm. so he had a, a photo shoot where There's he had funny he had a, with his look as well isn't yeah, there? Yeah he's sort of drinking a mug sort of staring intently into the right. camera looking a bit like a child pretending to be a Bond villain I think villain. he's had highlights done as well There's yeah. something different about his hair He also has a whip on his desk, even though he's not the chief whip oh, anymore. Oh, it's pathetic. Gosh, that's I mean, we there's, there's nothing worse up. than politicians who think they've got sort of style and elan, yeah. and yeah. they think I'm actually really quite smart and clever. Yeah. Well, and but going, also, ultimately, mm. they are just the guy with the pet tarantula. Yes. There's n- nothing more to it. Yes. Well, somebody once described the Houses of Parliament to me as like being in school except without any bullies. Because all the sort of dweebs wander about and nobody oh. tells them they're idiots. They're and, right. you know, they all think work, they're in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in Parliament. I can confirm there are plenty of bullies as well. <laughs> they're just quite dweeby bullies. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I, I, Gavin Williamson's mum used to work at a job centre in Swindon, so imagine he'll be giving her a call quite soon. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> mum, you got anything going? It's quite a contrast, that, isn't it? Head of state uh, of the Ministry of Education yeah. and a job centre in Swindon. That's yeah, he was also previously the MD of a fireplace firm, which is ironic because his career I've now seen is, that is up in yeah. flames. But that. of course, people say, You'd "Well, what we want some, in what yeah. we want is people who've done true. other jobs." So you can't have it both ways. It's yeah. nothing no, no, to it's do true. with Gavin Williamson's background or his or his previous job or anything like that. It's just to do with the fact that we don't have serious politicians. We have these posturing man children who are desperate, even after they've cr- caused untold heartache. They're still trying to look moody and interesting yeah, at the yeah. camera while they're doing also, their photo shoots. Sloganising of everything as well, which is really yeah. starting to get to me. I saw um, Nicholas. 
Nicola Sturgeon doing a, one of her briefings because she loves them so much she can't stop doing them, yeah. even though there's nothing to say. You know, nothing. nobody's died, uh, nobody's died, no. <laughs> but it's nice up in, the, in Aberdeen, there's a few people that are not very well, and you go, well, what's the point of this, really? But they've now shortened the slogan um, to save lives. That's it. It doesn't say stay home and save lives. It doesn't say... Be alert and stay like. Just says save lives. Well, like, what's the alternative? Kill what do you want people to go around killing everyone? <laughs> you know. Wow. What does it mean? Well, I'm glad that somebody. I'm glad that someone cleared that up because you know I brought my pickaxe with yeah, me. And other, was... Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to go with a machete onto the underground and just start killing people. Yeah. You know. Oh no, Nicholas Sturgeon said we should save the lives. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, All right. Wow. Fine. Thank you yeah. for pointing oh, that out. Oh, thank God, Nicholas. Yeah. Just in time. You arrived just in time. <laughs> Now, just to make uh, matters even more ridiculous, right, Elizabeth Denham is my first nominee, uh, who's the Information Commissioner. Now, everybody knows Tony Blair set up the Ministry of Information so that we couldn't get any information at all. If anybody's ever tried to get uh, a, an information, any information out of any government of any kind, in Scotland, in the Scottish Parliament, I worked up there, they actively discouraged everyone from ever answering a Freedom of Information request. And it would just go round and round and round and round for so many years that eventually the journalists would die and they'd never find anything out. But so anyway, she... Right, decides in the midst of the pandemic that she wants to work from home, which is fair enough. You know, lots of civil servants work yep. from home. The only difference for her is, is that her home is on the west coast of Canada. And she's decided <laughs> that she, it's a really great idea for her to be eight hours behind Britain. So she can never talk to anybody in the office when she's actually awake, right? As a result of which, the two biggest cock-ups of the data system in this country, one, the A-levels, and two, uh, the track and trace system, um, she's supposed to be in charge of overseeing all that. Is there any surprise that it's all gone horribly wrong? Oh, genius, not. genius. As, Incredible, as, isn't it? As, oh my goodness, as excuses go, that yeah. one is yeah. tip top. Yeah, it's better I mean, than anything I managed when I was a student. In you terms literally, of... you'd always have the phone, I mean, it'd always be an answering machine, wouldn't it? If you're calling her from Whitehall at, say, 9am when yeah. you get in, if you do get in, because only one yeah. in seven of them is in, apparently. And that's one o'clock in the morning in uh, the west coast of Canada. So you, you've no chance of getting hold of her. You're leaving at five. Um, you give her a quick call. Um, yeah. It's it's only nine o'clock in the morning, so she's probably still having a breakfast. You know, it's unbelievable. It's How is this you're... possible? So you couldn't have just just having your eardrums removed, so you can't hear all the complaints yeah. that are coming your yeah. way, isn't it? Oh, I think I'll just nip to the other side of the world. Yeah. no one will bother with she's that. She's paid, by the way, one hundred and eighty grand a year for Classic. this job. Wow. You yeah, know. of course she is. But I mean, who does she? Who is she responsible to? Because it's the kind of thing that if I went to my boss and mm. said, "Hi, Chris, uh, yeah. I think I'd quite like to. Um, <laughs> I just like to go live in Aruba, and uh, you won't be able okay? to contact me all of the time." I'll be contactable yeah. between 4pm uh, and 5pm. Right. And apart but from I that, I probably won't get very good internet. So but I won't be able to get hold of you. Um, you know, what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I mean, <laughs> I start, you see, we have lots of meetings and things. I mean, Chris would just say, D you are taking the piss. Right. Uh, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, don't be ridiculous. But somehow these incredibly, these quango crats, it's a, it's a, yeah, people who have incredible power. Yeah. And right now at a time of great crisis, they can behave in a way that would get most of us sacked out on our ear before. Oh, yeah. Well, I would have thought the first piece of information that the information commission should have given us when she was moving to Canada. And you say, well, thanks very much. We'll appoint somebody else in the meantime. Exactly. And when you decide you want to come back, I mean, you could even have had an interim information commissioner <laughs> while she was away and she could come back later. Apparently she's due back on the 7th of September. Oh, that's good so, so that's good of her. Yeah. Unless, of course, she has to then quarantine herself. I, I don't know if Canada's on the quarantine list. It probably yeah. is. Everywhere else seems to be. Yeah. 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 But I do, on a serious note, I do kind of worry that people get used to these working habits. Yes. And then after the crisis, it will come to be, you know, the ability to go and set up shop in Canada at a moment's notice. Mm. That will be seen as a kind of human right. Yes. It will be quite difficult oh, yeah. for employers oh, no, to you're say, all these people going, ridiculous. oh, I really like working with me. I get to spend more time with the family. And yeah. it's really lovely and in work-life balance. And I don't have to get on a horrible train and go and see <laughs> yeah. horrible people in office. 
office. Well, that's fine. Why don't you just retire then? You know, that's what you do when you retire. And anyone who wants to spend more time with their family, I think there's something mentally wrong with them. You know, I mean, when I had a young family, the first thing I want to do was get out the door and go to work. You know, they they gave me two weeks paternity leave once when one of my kids was born. I was back don't in a week. I was back in a week. I was like, a week's enough. It's fine. I don't need two. Thank you very much indeed. You know. What did, what did Mrs. Graham have to say about this? She's divorced me since then. So, um, <laughs> but that wasn't because of that. But I'm not going to get into that sure. here. There isn't enough time. Um, who's your second one? Right. So I'm going for the former CEO of McDonald's, uh, Stephen Easterbrook. Oh yes. He was caught telling a Big Mac and lies. The wasn't Lothario. He? Uh, yes, Very good. I absolutely. Like it. Um, so 52 from Watford started as a burger flipper, worked his way up right to the top That's of that particular. That's quite an extraordinary story, actually. It, it is. That he got to, to get from doing that to being the boss of the whole company. Which is amazing. But he fell foul of a rule that I'm just quoting this now. McDonald's's rule is, quote, "We've got a zero tolerance policy on secret sexual relationships." <laughs> well, so did my ex. <laughs> <laughs> Most people shock, have, actually, you know? yeah. yeah. Most people have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, secret, um, the, the problem with yeah. secret sexual relationships is that they never stay secret. Well, no. it kind of makes yeah. it sound like as soon as it's out in the open and as soon as they caught, get yeah. caught, then McDonald's is like, great, good for you. Yeah, yeah. well done. Yeah, yeah. 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 They get caught in the broom cupboard. But, this, like, is yes. but this is the big question. This is why I think he's a plank, right? It's mm. because um, it, basically since he's managed to negotiate a £42 million severance package, uh, nice, well done, right. mate. Yeah, so, so I'll take that, rip right. your hand off. They've since come out and accused him of having sexual relations with three other employees. Now, he has not Does denied... Does he gets more money now or less? Well, 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 well <laughs> this is it. He has not denied this, but what he has said is that McDonald's were in possession of the fact originally when they negotiated his original oh, severance yes. package. But, now, if I knew that McDonald's had a zero-tolerance policy on secret sexual relationships, and I knew that my severance package was going to be in the region of £42 million, pounds, yeah. I like women. I think I like £42 million pounds more. Mm. I think I would have been inclined to keep it in my trousers. Yes, mm. well, that's obviously a problem for him, though. Otherwise, he would have done that in the first place. <laughs> but, I mean, presumably he gets to keep the money, though. He doesn't have to give it back. Well, this, now, is, this is going to be the, this is the, the, the result of a, a case that's going, about to start now in, uh, in America where he's basically saying, look, actually... I look, mean, if they've already paid him, I think they're going to struggle to get it back. I would imagine so. Because, probably, I mean, having been the, the recipient of one or two... <laughs> Having been the recipient of one or two severance packages, nowhere near that kind of figure. Um, once you get the money, you know, you've already moved it. So yeah, before yeah. they could take it back, you know, just in case. Well, Great there he is. Plank. Advice in yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? The funny thing is, is how much of this actually does go on. Yeah. How many of these characters in all walks of life, you know, um, no, whether it's pol politicians, whether it's teachers, whether it's police officers, whether it's, you know, businessmen. There's all, there's all sorts of sexual shenanigans going on all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm just amazed that, uh, that more people don't get found out. I am as well. But, I mean, you know, I suppose he did also allegedly take one of them on the company's private jet, which just oh, tends yeah. to be a yeah, bit I mean, of a giveaway. That's, <laughs> that's is, that is really pushing out the yeah. boat, isn't it? I mean, you're going to get found out. That <laughs> yeah, one. yeah. Unbelievable. What's your second one? My second one. I'm going to have to... I can't do it justice. I've, I've chosen Lewis Hamilton for oh, my yes. second one. Well, he's, he's been in this, uh, this list plenty of times <laughs> oh, before. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> Well, I feel a bit bad because I'm a huge fan of Formula One and I'm a big fan of Lewis Hamilton normally. But recently he's fallen rather into that um, tactic that I'm seeing a lot of uh, sports people getting into now, which is they can't just be good at kicking a football around yeah. or wielding a cricket bat or whatever. It ha they have to also be very deep and meaningful and profound. Yes. They have to be a kind of Dalai Lama figure. And uh, recently um, he put out a tweet that was, was a particular... Uh, a particularly stunning example of this tendency. Uh, so it's him on a boat, I think sailing oh, I around Monaco this, yeah. where he I lives, that, yeah. uh, and get, just giving his, his sage wisdom. So he says, um, took the day off on Tuesday, a day for myself, and no phone, no training, just oh. me, 
and Roscoe, who's his dog, oh. out on the water. I had time to reflect on where we are in the world today. Every day, I see something upsetting happening. People being abused, people suffering, volcanoes erupting, explosions, oceans and volcanoes forests. Volcanoes erupting? Sorry, I must have missed time, that. Yeah. I haven't seen a volcano erupting yeah. for a while. <laughs> Yeah, he just lives at Mount Etna, just like, oh, it's happening. Um, forest being destroyed. 2020 is such a heavy year, but it gives me hope seeing people come together fighting for justice, cleaning up oceans, and generally doing more for our Cleaning planet. up oceans while he's literally yeah. e expelling yeah. petroleum In into his one. Gas guzzling boat. Yeah. And I'm sending you all positive waves. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Uh, Presumably, um, he did have his phone with him, otherwise, he couldn't have recorded that. Well, that's Martin the thing. And it, in fact, when I looked at the footage, it looked very much like it was just him and a quiet film crew on board yeah, this boat. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, well, did just, you see just... the great picture of him walking <laughs> along uh, this week where somebody was holding an umbrella over his head? I mean, that's yeah. where he is now. You wow. know, he's so big that he can't carry his own I mean, umbrella. Even Michael yeah. Jackson held his own umbrella. But I think, I think that, that is another part of this puzzle, which is that, that celebrities, it's almost as if the more famous they are, the more detached they become oh, yeah. and the more insufferable. So there was that video, and they've been particularly insufferable during the pandemic. You know, yeah. we've had Madonna and her video from the bath. We've had that <laughs> horrific... Uh, unspeakable, I'm sorry to any viewers, trigger warning alert, the video of all those actors singing Imagine, oh, which is God. a song I hate at the yeah, rest of times, but a bunch of celebrities, yeah. oh, sorry, That's um, right. a bunch of celebrities singing it out of tune and thinking somehow that this is the kind of thing that's going to lift morale during yeah. the global yeah. pandemic and massive, a massive economic collapse that's heading our way. Well, you have um, to go back to all those guys um, who were also, you know, in their, locked up away in their mansions talking about how awful the lockdown yeah. was, you know? <laughs> yes. Who was that? Who was Sam that? Smith. Uh, Sam Smith. Sam that's Smith. right. Weeping, yeah. weeping into the camera from his twelve from million, his 12 million pound, pound mansion in Hampstead. Yeah. Yeah. There, sorry, there, twelve million pound did mansion. You just misgendered. I did, them. unfortunately. But no, it's enough to make me just want to walk into the sea. Yeah. You know what I mean? This stuff, isn't it? Be like, careful you don't get run over by Lewis Hamilton yeah. in a very fast speedboat. <laughs> just taking Roscoe in the <laughs> while film he's crew. filming. Oh yeah. shit! You know. <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's obviously a bit depressing that like they're not really making a lot of new content. The comedy circuit's not really, really? up and running. But I don't think we need com comics no, right now because no. we have celebrities to do well, the they job. Really, I mean, the, the, the irony of, of all of what you've just described it clearly bypasses him, doesn't it? I mean, I yeah. love the fact as well that he's now worth prob probably what about a couple hundred million. Easy. Lives in Monaco, doesn't pay any tax because it's a tax haven. Uh, he now wears a chain around his neck with a lock on it to signify slavery, right? And it's made of gold, funnily enough. Um, oh, solid gold, obviously. Oh. And you just think, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> what do you think you're doing? And then he tells everybody yeah. that they should uh, do more to save the planet. This is a guy who drives around yeah. in possibly one of the fastest burning uh, petrol machines man has ever made. Although he flies I everywhere. they went hybrid car a few years ago, so Formula One is slightly cleaning up the act. Well, but, so it's about time, isn't yeah. it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but they still use an awful lot of petrol. I mean, I think compared to the amount I put in my Range Rover, I reckon it's probably it would probably last about two nanoseconds. Yeah, yeah. and just the fact that it's a sport. There aren't many sports where every two weeks they have to uproot thousands and thousands yeah. of people yeah. to fly, fly everybody to different far-flung far locations <laughs> of the world. It's nuts. Yeah. It really is. It's unbelievable. I know. And I, I'm not one of these people who doesn't... I don't mind it when someone as amazing as Lewis Hamilton, one of the great sportsmen of our time, that makes loads of money. He's worth every penny. I just resent the hypocrisy of it. Oh, I don't care it. how much money they yeah. make. I'm a, I'm a free yeah. marketeer on that one. I mean, make as much money yeah, as you like, but absolutely. don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and don't tell me not to eat a hamburger just oh because, you know, you're feeling a bit guilty about, you know, your, your emissions. You yeah. know, I don't think so.
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, my one, I'm going to go back to last week because this happened literally just after the plank of the week last week was, was finished in production and got sent out. Ben and Jerry's, oh, yeah. right? Oh, the ice cream company, um, who seem to have forgotten that they make ice cream. And they also <laughs> seem to have forgotten uh, that they're not actually a tiny little mum and pop store which yeah. started in Vermont. Yeah, what they actually are <laughs> is a brand within the overarching global <laughs> evil empire called Unilever, right? Who actually sell white skin whitening cream oh, in India, no. right? Oh, really? And manufacture it and sell oh. it and, 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 and urge everybody to get fair. Oh. Uh, because obviously if your skin is too brown, that's a bad thing, according to Unilever, Dear right? Me. Ben and Jerry's decided to, to bring it upon, take it upon themselves that there's no such thing as borders, that there's no such thing as illegal migration, and that basically everybody can go and live wherever they want. Yeah. So I'm going to go and find uh, Unilever's uh, yeah. sort of chairman's house and just go and live in it. Because yeah. I think, presumably, that would let's, be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's like the George Clooney approach. And mm. he, was, he met Angela, this is going back a few years, he met Angela Merkel, did a big thing with her about how, you know, borders shouldn't exist, and then built a wall around his villa in Lake Como so that no <laughs> people could get in. Yeah, <laughs> and, and put a few armed guards on yeah. it, no doubt, as well. The, the, greatest, yeah. the greatest thing as well about this was that it turns out that Ben & Jerry's not only... Uh, is owned by Unilever, but also um, had lost a very valuable court case against some Mexican migrant workers who they'd imported into Vermont uh, to milk the cows oh. at slave labour charges, right? So these, they actually had their own slaves from Mexico uh, working in, in, the, in the dairy farms of Vermont because they basically bought up the whole of Vermont and every yeah. cow in Vermont is owned by Ben and Jerry's, you know. And then also, <laughs> worse, worse than that, uh, there was an incident with some kind of uh, poison in the ice cream. But once they oh. became, you know, this massive conglomerate, rather than doing the old mum and pup stuff, I think it was weed killer or something found in it, you know. So, I mean, this is, I mean, there are those who would say all publicity is good publicity. I don't think for no. Ben and Jerry's this was a particularly good episode. No, definitely no, plankery. No, oh, def 100%. definite plankery. And I, actually, I remember Unilever 
When I was at school, we were obsessed with Unilever because of something to do with orangutans oh, yeah. and palm, palm oil. oil. I think yeah. that was what they yeah. used in their yeah. products, and they were the big baddies. And as you say, it's such a shameless little vault fuss that they're trying to pretend that right. they are this couple of washed-up hippies from the 60s. Yeah. yeah, man, we just make our ice cream. Yeah, man. that's all we do. Uh, yeah. yeah, we get stoned and we make ice cream. <laughs> it's yeah. totally shame. And I think it's actually it's actually not. It's a shame that we live in such a kind of politicised culture war world in which. Uh, F1 drivers have to be saints and uh, Gary Lineker is advising the government on refugees and Jamie Oliver and all this stuff and we can't even have an ice cream without it getting political. I know. But this is, this is why it'll all come crumbling down because they hold everyone else and therefore themselves to a standard that is impossible to maintain, right? You cannot, especially if we're doing what we're doing now which is trawling back through you know, 13 year old tweets mm. just to find some time that someone might have said something mm. that now by today's standards are remotely offensive. It, it, it comes crashing down. It's built on sand, all this stuff. Yeah. You just yeah. can't do it. You know no. what I mean? And what's gone wrong with the idea, you know, the idea that like Roy Keane, fabulous footballer, he was a midfielder, he was an absolute animal. That's Roy Keane. Yeah. Don't ask him to run for president of Ireland <laughs> right. or something like that. And obviously, just take them for what they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's also, it always ends in tears. I mean, there's, a, there's an advert at the moment. I think it's a Coca-Cola advert on TV, which I saw the other night, which is so ridiculously woke. Uh, and, you know, and you forget that these are, you know, huge, massive conglomerate companies that are exploiting people all over yeah. the world. But yet they're putting out this really nice message about, you know, let's make let's make a change or something. Yeah, yeah. Crap like that. You know, and it's yeah. all about how, you know, we're all going to become nicer and yeah. we're all going to be helping each other. But, and yeah. everybody's the same. And it's all just rubbish. They're only allowed to do this because we live in a fundamentally quite facile and superficial world mm. in which people don't tend to do the digging. It's amazing how often these claims fall apart within a few days. Mm. But it's amazing how initially people jump on the bandwagon and don't bother to ask any questions. Oh, well, they all you, want to be we seen. Well, there's a great example nice of that with Ben and Jerry's. Our good friend Femi suddenly popped up oh, yeah. on uh, Twitter holding a jar of Ben and Jerry's. Obviously unaware of the fact that they had slaves in uh, Vermont oh. and the fact that they sold skin whitening cream uh, with their uh, parent company. And he actually said these words, I stand by Ben and Jerry's. Oh. So he brought the, the, the ice cream on, to, on screen with him? Yeah. Wow. had a picture holding it. That's, yeah. And you go, they sell skin whitening I mean, cream. I kind of don't, I sort of don't blame individuals per se. I think it's, it's, it's not, it's not Femi's <clears throat> fault. I mean, lots of people don't bother to do the digging. Lots of people prefer to jump no, on the bandwagon. He, no, but his first instinct is to go, oh, look, they said something nice about migrants. Therefore, I must support them. Yeah, that's true. You know, without checking, mm. without checking it out, without even thinking. You just go, oh, I want to be on the side of those guys because everybody else who's criticising them is a right-wing fascist. Yeah, yeah. I'd you know? be very interested to know if um, they actually did profit off the back of this because they were being talked about a lot and that mm. is valuable if you're saying the name There are some people uh, who say that they got their name out but there. It, yeah. But I would have thought they'd pretty much reached saturation, I think, haven't they? I'm sure, I'm sure that's true. I mean, I think there is actually, there's quite a, a lot of, no one ever talks about it, but I'd be very, I'd much I'd just love to pay for a company. I would give money to any company that, that when asked to comment on Black Lives Matter or the refugee crisis or I don't know what network rail or whatever it, whatever it is. Uh, they said, no, I, we, we make we make belts. That's yeah, what we do. That's yeah. it. That's, that's what we do. We I don't have provide a political. train service. That would be people. refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. That would be very refreshing. Your yeah. final nominee, Patrick. Right, we're going all the way to Belarus, guys, so strap <laughs> yourselves in. Uh, oh, good. Maybe you can explain what's happening to <laughs> yeah, me because yeah. I'm very confused. Oh, well, so am I. But um, no, the leader of Belarus, Alexander Lucky Lukashenko. Yes. Um, well, he's, he's, he's Lukashenko's run out, unfortunately. Um, he, uh, he's gone too far. He's fallen into the trap that most dictators fall into, which is just to become too dictatory. Yes. Uh, so well, he, listen, it happened to Tony Blair. It happened to anyone. Go. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unlike him, he might end up in the Hague. But, I knew um, it was going wrong with yeah. Tony Blair if he started saying things like, 
well, you know, sometimes you have to make unpopular decisions. Yeah. That's when you know you've been in too long. It was the voices in my yeah. head that told me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he claimed, this is where he went, he went wrong. Yeah. He claimed that he'd, he'd secured 80% of the votes in the latest general election. So cue everyone going down to the local bodega. Vlad, did, did you vote for Lukashenko? Right. No, no. Sergey, did you vote for... No. And then videos emerged of police officers removing ballot boxes, <laughs> winching ballot boxes out of voting rooms and just basically just destroying them. Uh, videos have come out of that. Now the state police have, uh, sorry, state TV, I should say, have stopped doing state TV. So there's just an empty sofa there, which I kind of wish happened to this morning. But yeah. anyway, well. um, you know, maybe one day. <laughs> and, um, and also as well on top of that, he decided that he wanted to, oh, I'm going to do a rally now with all the workers, the workers of Belarus. These guys love me. <laughs> So he came in, stood on a podium, stood on the plinth, and all the workers turned their back on him and walked off. Right. So he had to walk off. Yeah. So he's, um, but no, this is the best thing. This is why I think he's such a plank. Is that so? The people of Belarus are actually more pro-Russia than pro-EU as right. a rule, right? But this guy has now become too toxic for Putin. Right. So Putin can't. Putin can't now come out and say, "I support this guy," because right. he's so unpopular that it would turn the people of Belarus against Russia. Yeah. So he's basically got to shepherd him out of power and put someone similar to Alexander Lukashenko in place. When you're no, they just have to send the old uh, Novichok boys down. We'd imagine. You know. Yeah, unfortunately, Alexander. Well, do you remember that guy? Uh, this was a long time ago in Ukraine. There was a guy who was the kind of, I think, the leader of the opposition who was running against the incumbent in some way, shape or form. And they poisoned him with mercury, right? And yeah. he, he could actually physically see his face was turning darker and darker. And eventually, just be, he died, I think, in the end. But God. just before he died, his face was literally sort of grey because he'd been poisoned by some, something had been dropped into his tea. And, I mean, we joke about it, but that's what they do. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, it's quite terrifying. It's totally what they do. But, yeah, it, it is that dictatory thing of um, sort of like Greek tragedy of reach extending the grasp always yeah, you yeah, know yeah, if yeah. he'd it reminds me slightly there's an episode of sorry to trivialize something so awful but it reminds me slightly of an episode of the simpsons where bart fakes his he's got f's and he tries to bump them up a grade and he t decides to try and make them all look like a's but he went for a's right? right he would have probably got away with it if he'd gone for a d or a b or something but he had to go for all a's and that's what lukashenko did that's with his it. election he didn't just go for a, a clean 60 40 no. he had to be 80 percent victory with his nearest opponent getting less than 10. Exactly. And they've also had this great thing which they do in these countries where they organise a demonstration on yeah. his behalf. Yeah. Supporters, right? Um, which unfortunately there was only about 200 <laughs> yeah. and then thousands of other people yeah. joined in who were against <laughs> yeah. him. Uh, that was, yeah, that but was they the end of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and also... <laughs> I, I was I, saying words. <laughs> there, was, there was a guy being dragged away at some point and he was shouting, this was obviously in subtitles, shouting that actually he'd voted uh, for the president. Um, but nevertheless they were still arresting him and dragging him <laughs> off. And he was like, I was the one guy that voted for him. <laughs> Well, they, you know. have to, they have to get him stuffed and put on the mantelpiece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, it's always slightly worrying, though, isn't it, when you see this kind of thing happening? Because you just know that it's not going to end well. No. There will be some. Kind, there'll be tanks on the street at some point, yeah. oh, yeah. and it'll be all. It'll all yeah. go horribly and wrong, yeah. like it did are, in Ukraine, which was awful for a long time. And also, time. we know that the the EU is is not going to um, step in and help Belarus. They've got lots of their own problems, and I think there are probably lots of many in the EU pro privately hoping that weakened Lukashenko can kind of cling on mm. and, and keep things roughly as they are because this is one fallout that they couldn't possibly manage right, right now. Yeah. But there has been a failure of international solidarity. Oh, well, the EU has been completely useless in all sorts of ways for the last few years. about Eastern Europe because it's an area that 
the world that lots of lots of Western Europeans don't really think of as equal. Yeah. They don't think that these people value freedom and democracy. Mm. And actually, that's oh, that's not yeah. the case. Um, often very highly educated, have exactly the same values and right. desires as Western right. Europeans. But, but also the EU doesn't like some of those countries because they fear that they will elect some kind of you know right-wing government like they've done in Hungary, oh, like yeah. they've done in Poland. And then they start making these weird noises about how, well, we might have to withdraw our funding you know, if they don't do the right thing. And it's like, yeah. Sorry? Yeah. What, you're not going to give yeah. them money because you don't like their politics? Yeah, yeah. Really? Unless it's yeah. the kind of Belarusian Justin Trudeau, then they're yeah. not interested. No, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if, if Belarus did produce a Justin Trudeau figure, I mean, he'd go down like a fine and left at the ballot box, wouldn't he? Yeah. Uh, seriously, there's yeah. no way that anyone would ever vote for that person no. over there. No. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all, no. But we should watch it with interest. But it's a very good one, I think. So um, third and final nominee Madeline. who did i pick for my third sorry i made a note of it oh oh yes okay i've gone for uh, dr priyamvado gopal oh yes i don't know if you recall but she is a cambridge professor yes. of uh, some form of grievance studies i think and grievance um, studies. she's been I mean, getting really she's been i mean this is i think twitter has really revealed a lot about well celebrities politicians there are loads of politicians who should be nowhere near a twitter account yeah. but also academics mm. you realize just how how feeble the thinking, how the lack of intellectual rigor, just how easy and basic these people with massive PhDs and triple star firsts actually yeah. are. It's like all the barristers, the weirdo oh barristers my God, as well, yes. isn't it? Yes, the QCs. There was they one think, QC think they're who... they're all clever. There was one... Jessica Simon QC. She's was bonkers. actually She's the proper... I mean, it's between her and Jolion, isn't it? But yeah. she was the... She, she actually suggested that there might be something to these mad rumours that Boris's baby was fake. <laughs> Oh, You're like, wow. Gosh. <laughs> she started following me, right, some weeks ago yeah, for no good reason. She follows me too. I hate so I, I had a bit of fun with her for a while and batted her around for a bit. And then <laughs> I just blocked her because I thought there's only one reason why she's here. She's here to try and catch me out doing something. Yeah. And then she's going to try and threaten me with something. She then claimed that, she, that I'd cancelled her. Oh, cancelled, right? yeah. Like, no, I've just blocked you on Twitter. I haven't cancelled you. I haven't made you lose your job. You yeah. can carry on being as useless as possible, I mean, getting all your money from the EU. What, you know? is, what is free speech if not the ability to land on Mike Graham's Twitter timeline? I mean, what does, it, exactly. what does any of it mean? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is incredible. But you're absolutely right, because they suffer from the same kind of um, narcissism. These barristers who think they're very highly educated, they think they can yeah. think better than anybody else. Yes. I mean, you know, yes, Jolian Moron, Jolian Moron is a tax lawyer, right? He's obviously not a very good one because he has to supplement his income by doing all this other crap, you know, oh, suing know. the government he's, every he's, five minutes. I think minutes. he's done very well for himself, actually. Well, no, he makes but, a fortune. But it's like, it's like Noam Chomsky. He's a lim linguist. He's yeah. not an, you know, he maybe should stick to being a great linguist. Yeah. It's like they always have to broaden their reading yeah, yeah. stuff that but they these, don't But understand. these academics, and she's a very good example, they don't appear to have any actual common sense of any kind. They have no kind Zero. of what my father would call grey matter which actually enables them to see what's going on. Yeah. They think something happening around the world is of some consequence to them. They imagine that other things are happening and they, they, they appear to have no kind of grip on reality. The, the reason I mentioned her this week is that um, yeah, she, she, she got week? into trouble recently for saying that she some of her old tweets resurfaced, including one where she says that she's constantly resisting the urge to kneecap white men um, and that white, white, white lives don't matter right. as white lives, right. whatever that means. Um, and God. she's got into a big Twitter spat with Douglas Murray, who wrote an article. I think it, I think he, it was for, it was his article for us in The Telegraph mm. last weekend, right. which mentions uh, the good doctor. And um, she then char characteristically accused him of being a racist. Oh, um, but anyone who's read or followed Douglas Murray will know that you do not engage him in a Twitter spat because yeah. he will win. He's it, it's the verbal equivalent of a very 
a very erudite drive-by yes. shooting. Right. And that's exactly what happened. And it's beautiful. And the reason I mention it is, is partly Surely because... Surely she'll end up suing you or something, failing, <laughs> well, yeah, right, yeah. miserably. Probably, or almost yeah. certainly. <laughs> but the, the, the other thing I think it tells, it's so indicative of, is the fact that not just the lack of common sense and so on, but the complete double standards with mm. what, what you're allowed to say if you're a left-wing academic. Yes. And absolutely no consequences, no because repercussions. You, she's at Cambridge, isn't she? Yeah. So if you had said uh, the, the entirely same thing about black men, can you imagine what would happen? I mean, you'd be out the door. And That's David Starkey said something right. that I thought was genuinely racist and, and, and awful on a podcast recently. But it was not as bad as what Dr. No. Priyavada Gopal no. said. No. And he's cancelled left, right and centre. And she's since been promoted mm. in her role at Cambridge. Yeah. You see the same thing with, for example, what my, my mate Lawrence Fox, what he said, compared to what Miriam Margulies... You mean Margulies. your secret boyfriend? No. Surely. <laughs> No. I mean, according to the Mail Online, you know... <laughs> Never trust the Mail Online. No, I know. I saw all that. I thought it was hilarious because I've got to know very slightly um, since um, uh, the whole this whole business has been going yeah. on, you know, and we've had him on Talk Radio quite a lot. And he's yeah. such a great guy and I really like him a lot. And when I saw that, I just burst out laughing because I thought, I mean, I don't really know you terribly well, but I'm pretty sure that you're not going out with Lawrence Fox. No, we're just mates. <laughs> and it was written in such a way, like nobody ever goes out with anybody who they're not going out with. Well, really? it, just, it just made me laugh. So I thought the best approach was to try and troll them. So I had, I put various pictures up of me and people that I've stood next to, <laughs> since that's the metric to be having a, quote, right. passionate love affair. But do you know what people say? <laughs> and, and you will now probably be the victim of this, is that that never goes, that will be on the internet forever. So mm. whenever anybody Googles you, they'll find your relationship with Lawrence Fox. <laughs> I look forward to the headlines. Passionate like, love affair. Passionate you get, love get affair. the terminology right. I look forward to the headlines when you and I go out for lunch later, Mike. Well, listen, there's usually... There's usually... There's usually a bit of Twitter action after I've had lunch. That's to, to be said. But we shall see. I'll try and, re I'll try and remain uh, orderly fashion this time. But I would blame Emily Carver for that, by the way. Um, if you remember what... I mean, what Lawrence said compared to what Miriam Margulies said, saying that she was struggling not to wish... Yeah. Death. Well, do you know what? He yeah. came, we, we did a, a, a show from the pub on July the 4th when pubs reopened. We did a show from a pub not far from here and we invited Lawrence down and he came down. And uh, just before, the night before, I thought, I'll just watch that Newsnight clip just to get, you know, re-familiarise myself with it. And I'm looking at it and I thought, there must, this must be the wrong clip. You know, oh, do you mean, sorry, the Question Time one? Sorry, Question yeah, Time. Yeah, yeah, Question Time. Um, and I thought, this must be the wrong clip. He's not actually said anything that's in any way controversial. <laughs> you know, he's just made a statement of fact, effectively. And I'm going, how, how did this actually happen? You know, it's bizarre, isn't I know, it? I know, I know, I well, know. And it's all because another grievance studies academic puts up her hand and says, you're a racist. Yeah. I mean, they just use it. In terms of the currency of offence, they overuse that word so much that it's com the, the currency has been completely devalued. We're in like mm. a state of terrible offence hyperinflation right. in which nothing means anything anymore. No, exactly. And so if you are going to go and make some horrible, ghastly, nasty statement, you might as well make it as bad as you can. Because if you make one which is marginal, you'll st it'll still be the same punishment. <laughs> More life advice here. Yes, on there you go. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Listen, this is all coming to you for free, you know. You know, absolutely. Now, my final one is Marks and Spencers. Not because of the fact that they're about to lay off 7,000 people, which isn't, isn't in and of itself pretty horrendous, because they've finally worked out, actually, that nobody's going to any of their shops. Uh, this is largely because nobody wants to buy anything that Marks and Spencers sells, because it's old-fashioned, it's too expensive, and also they don't have much of it. I had a, um, a text from somebody today who said, yeah, I went into a Marks and Spencer's shop in Bury, uh, up in uh, Lancashire, and I uh, wanted to buy a suit. And they said, oh, we don't have them here. You'll have to go to the big shop in Manchester. And it's like, you're a shop. You know, it's like this thing now where you go into a shop and they go, oh, we haven't got any of that in stock, but you can order it. And I'm like, if I wanted to order it, I would have ordered it to be delivered to my house. I'm out shopping, so I want to buy it. Yeah. I don't want to click and collect it tomorrow. 
because I'm here today, you know. Yeah. And this is the problem with all these shops. They haven't thought through what it is that they do. But the reason I'm actually putting them in the planks list is for something that happened a little bit earlier in the week where a woman went in to buy some bras uh, in Marks and Spencers and oh, apparently discovered that the white bras were somehow labelled differently to the darker coloured bras. She happened to be from an ethnic minority and she complained to the Marks and Spencers staff uh, that this particular bra she wanted was described as tobacco, right? right? Now, as far as I know, tobacco isn't racist. I don't think it it's is. It's a colour. It's on the Dulux colour charts. Is it? Yeah, yes. well, you know that better than I do. I didn't, know, didn't that, know you were such an has, expert in the Dulux colour charts. Oh, they would say that <laughs> raised tobacco, by a textile merchant. <laughs> has, what, like, negative connotations, so that's well, racist. I, I, well, I, I assumed it was the colour rather than the well, actual tobacco they, they plantation the, They say that the name, that, that tobacco is a bad thing, but, really? you know, some of us love tobacco. So. Well, do you know, I've got some Molten Brown tobacco um, shampoo, which actually does smell like tobacco, oh. which is great if you've given not smoking because uh, you can still smell like you smoke no matter whether you actually Honestly, smoke or not mike you and your racist shampoo my god <laughs> can you believe? And the, but the, the worst thing about all of this is that mark suspense has then agreed that it was a racist term yeah. and so they've now pulled uh, you know, this particular bra and going to give it a new name i i actually was out of interest what? took a look at <laughs> i took a look at one of my own mark suspense's bras to see what that was called and the color was called alabaster ah. which it that is, sounds a bit racist, doesn't it? Well, Alabaster? It's like, what, like a stone. It's like a stone. It's a stone. Would you not describe that as a. They, they used to describe some skin as alabaster, like very soft. I, I don't know if I'd say it was racist, but I don't. I mean, in terms of the connotations, what I associate with that would be like hard grey stone. Yes. That's not necessarily mm. what women wants, a woman wants to be. No. In the same way that people might not love to be tobacco. This like, be maybe another... it's just a bad name and it's not yeah. a big racist Well, maybe this is why Mark Suspense is having to let go of 7,000 people because they've got idiots in the marketing department giving stupid names to all of their stuff. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when you buy something, you, doesn't, you, know, you don't need to be sort of lulled into this weird world where you go, oh, it's alabaster, or oh, you know, it's tobacco. Yeah. No, it's to a bra, fair, that actually. Is the, that is the yeah. fashion industry you've just described. Is it? I don't yeah. expect men to well, understand these I things. I don't really understand <laughs> it very much. Holers, all right. <laughs> Although I am wearing a Paul Smith tie. <laughs> there's, a scene, there's a great scene in, um, you know that scene in The Devil Wears Prada, mm. where she's like, a blue skirt. And she's like, it's not just a blue skirt, it's cerulean. And right. then explains how that colour skirt was yeah. chosen for uh, that girl Although, who thinks you know, that she's not that. interested in but the, but, the, but the male equivalent of that is cars, because yes. you can't any longer just buy a black car. No. It has to be some particular kind of oh, yeah. black, you know, like matte oh. black or, you oh. know, cerulean Henry black. Henry Ford would have hated it. Yeah, I know. I mean, but every, every colour now has a sort of supplementary word. So you can't, it's not just blue. You know, it's aqua blue or it's, oh, yeah. you know, something yeah. else, you know, like blue silver. Or yeah, something, you know, that's, that's why it's an extra 10 grand. And that's why it's an extra 10 grand. And that's why men go, it's it's not just blue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's metallic blue. It's, I mean, it's just oh, ridiculous. Wait, so we can't do the whole, my nephews love to do the yellow car thing. If they see one, they punch him in the arm and go yellow car. So really? they have to be like, yeah. marigold car. I've never car. heard of that. <laughs> have Are you they not? disturbed, these children? No, we used to do that. Maybe it's, maybe, it's, I don't know, maybe it's a Warwickshire thing. We used to do that all the time at my school. Really? <laughs> no, I did yeah. it as well. Yeah. You see a yellow car and you punch someone. Yeah, yeah. you just it's a bit like pinch punch first of the month, you know. It's yeah, like see, that. I'd never you, heard so of that. Maybe it's I've a generational thing. I'd never thing. heard of that until it, yeah. about 15 years ago. I'd never heard. Well, I grew up in London, so, you know, we were just very cool because we were from London. Oh, yeah. So we didn't go around punching people or, you know, <laughs> making up weird no. statements at the beginning of the month. <laughs> no, you know. just punched for your own reasons. You didn't need to excuse Well, you just punched back when somebody tried to mug you. That yeah, was the thing. Yeah. But, right. yeah, I mean, I was once told, and I don't know how true it is, that the police in London used to play a game similar to that. Uh, which was snooker for cars, uh, where they would just basically stop cars. So they would stop a red car, 
which is, you know, for one point. Yeah. And after that, you'd get a colour. And I believe that this could have happened it in the 70s because been. they didn't have anything much else to do, you know, apart from stopping the Massively IRA. high crime rates. Yeah. yeah. And they would, then they'd, put, they'd go, there's a yellow card, that's two points, you know, and then back to another red and then green. And then a black was obviously for, for eight points. I could see them doing that at night time. Because oh, yeah, people also in the 70s, everyone drove around drunk. So yeah. you, you get a pretty good result if you pulled somebody over, yeah, generally speaking. Yeah, it's a kind of control group. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now we've got the nine, right? So right. you know what we do. We've, you guys have done this before. We have to whittle it down to uh, one each. So I'm going to ask you, Madeline, to pick your favourite of um, Patrick's, of so, his three. So we've got, we've got uh, Natasha Bouchard, the Calais mayor. We've yeah. got the McDonald's former CEO. I'll make sure I get his name right. Alexander Lukashenko. Known, oh, as, known oh, as lucky to his mates. It's got to be Lukashenko, hasn't it? I think it has. Yeah, I think yeah. that's good. It is a plan. It's that yeah. classic authoritarian thing where it's awful, people are going to die and it's tragic, but there's also something unintentionally funny about the whole oh, thing. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's it like is. how dictators are often. No, it is. It's very much a sort of. It's a very much a sort of Ealing comedy style of, of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of foreign policy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, sort of like that's the one for the teenagers. Yeah. Now yeah. Uh, you pick my, your favourite one of mine, Elizabeth Denham. Information yes, Commissioner, yes, yeah, Marks yeah, and Spencers yeah. and Ben and Jerry's. He's uh, got to be, he's got to be Denim. Hundred percent. Working from home. That is a special case. Yeah, it's got to be. Okay, so now I have to pick yours. So mine were um, uh, Gavin Williamson. Um, That's enough. Good enough for me. But but we do have his enlightened self, that Lewis Hamilton, the Dalai Lama, and That's his true. dog. That's, That's true. I mean, Ross, the, the thing dog. Is, Lewis Hamilton has been in it quite a bit, and, I, and he'll still remain. Also Don't got worry. Dr. Priyamvada Gopal. Yeah, but they'll still be in the top ten. Yeah. yeah. This is just for the final three. It's got to be Gavin this week. Though. I think it has to be this yeah. week because it's for I mean, that photo shoot alone. I do. I do imagine he'll be in the, the list again at some point. But I think so. Gavin Williamson, yeah. um, Elizabeth Denham, Lucky and Lukashenko. Lucky Lukashenko. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great final three. I have to say, it's very that really is. It? I mean, now I can't. I can't. Can, who do we? Choose. How can we whittle it down from three? The easy, sometimes the easiest thing is to, is to chuck one out who becomes third. I don't know who that's going to be. Oh, this, this is, is hard. This is really this tough. This is really wow. tough. This Sophie, is one of the Sophie's toughest choice. ever. Sophie's choice. Oh, okay. Right. Um, well, Gavin Williamson might be in it again. Right. I don't know. If, I don't want to. This is this is probably the patriarchy in action here. I don't want to be responsible for uh, for binning yours off. Mansplaining. Yeah. Yeah. Can't yeah, be doing yeah. any of that. It's no. Not, it's not, no. Not suitable. Look, I tell you what. Look, Ashanko. You may be giving Elizabeth Denham a better bite of the cherry, and I believe in proper representation, including in the plank of the week list. Indeed. This indeed. is what Brilliant. the suffragettes fought this for. Is, this is exactly what they threw themselves under horses for. Yeah. <laughs> look, 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 Ashanko is the. Emily first. Davidson would definitely be the plank of the week. <laughs> yeah. What did you do that for? Yeah. Why did you get the vote? Why? Yeah. Yeah. So Gavin Williamson could be in charge of education. <laughs> you sort of wonder why they bothered, really, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd throw myself under a horse just to get him out, to be honest, you know. Yeah. So we actually, we don't, we don't want the vote right. anymore. Just Look, let's not bother. Lukashenko's the furthest away from home, so I'm willing to withdraw, if you would like yes. to. Well, well, so make it number three. Canada is further away, but anyway, we'll leave yeah. that out. No, I don't know. You might have to work that one out. Yeah. But, I feel uh, like Gavin is, is the plank of the week in the sense that it's the, the it's plank the story, we've been talking it's about. The story plank, of the but week, I don't, isn't I, we shouldn't go for that. Just I don't know how you normally judge it, but I think like there is some serious plankiness on both sides. Yeah. That, Shouldn't be overlooked. Well, I mean, the other the other way I could sometimes look at it is he's such a plank that he shouldn't win, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that he could come second, even though he's been the biggest plank of the week, he actually comes second. There's a kind of he, irony to he that. He wins absolutely nothing this week. Right, yeah, so he can't even win. He can't even win. So he can't even win plank of the week. He's yeah. that, he's like that bad. You, it's like when you come bottom of a quiz, but they give the free bottle of wine to the person at yes, second bottom. Yes, yeah. exactly, right. All right, well, I think that works then. So we get Elizabeth Denham as number one. Yeah. Um, Gary Williams number two. And Lucky Lukashenko. I can't help but think he sounds like a goalkeeper from like Dynamo Kiev yeah, yeah. in the 70s yeah. lucky Lukashenko <laughs> like, 
him or off. Like a he broke his neck at some point, like a, saving some like gold. A, you know, a crime boss in GTA Five. <laughs> yeah, not, not again. Probably could have been. Yeah. So yeah. there we are. Listen, uh, well done, Elizabeth Denham. Uh, you're a long way away, so you won't hear about this for about another eight hours. <laughs> But when you do finally pick up the award, well done. Plank of the Week, Information Commissioner, uh, has now finally parted, imparted the information that she's working from home in Canada. Fantastic work. Uh, guys, uh, Patrick Christie's, thank you. thank you very much thank indeed. You. Madeline Grant, um, well done. Uh, we'll see you again same time next week. Don't forget, subscribe to YouTube. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.